If you have your Bibles, please turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. I have Clint get my glasses for me, and I see his little thumbprint right there in the middle. All right. Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse number 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in any other thing, anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you, Often and now tell you, weeping, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mine earthly things, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the Bible. We're so thankful for your word. And Father, I pray today as we uh, go to your word that your word would challenge our hearts. And Father, that we would get everything we need to receive from it today. The Holy Spirit have freedom to use your word to speak to our hearts this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, happy Father's Day. I trust you're having a wonderful Father's Day. And on this Father's Day, uh, as men, uh, let's make an impact for our God. Let's make sure that we uh, are living our lives to the praise of his glory. Uh, verse number 17, Paul had made a lasting impact on the Philippian church. And notice, if you would please, uh, verse 17, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for examples. In this great epistle, and it's one of my favorite books in the Bible, we see the Apostle Paul is using the Word of God to inspire those who he's speaking to to have a testimony for the cause of Christ, to have a testimony that God can use as they live their lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we notice the Apostle Paul all the way through the book of Philippians. Uh, there's this personal conversion that he had, and it so changed him, gave him new direction in life. And so he starts out chapter 1, uh, he says, to continue to impact these Christians, he says, I'm going to live for Christ. Uh, Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then we see in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 2, 
uh, to love like Christ. He's telling these folks, we need to love like Christ. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one mind. Then he says, we need to think like Christ. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he says, you know what? I, I just need to know Christ in a greater way. And he's challenging them to know Christ, as he says in verse number 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him in that power, the power of the resurrection, that resurrection power that lifted Jesus out of the grave and gave him this power that we have an opportunity to tap into a power that will help us stand against sin and to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, uh, you know, uh, I, I need you ch uh, folks uh, uh, to, to recognize that we need to keep pressing on. We, we have something greater than just uh, the trophies of this world pressed toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then he says, then we need to keep on looking for Jesus he was and trying to influence them to keep on uh, keeping their eyes looking up at the clouds. Jesus is coming again. Philippians 3.20, for our conversation is in heaven, from which also we look for the Savior. Oh, how that would change 21st century Christianity if we had more Christians looking for the Lord's return today. Amen? Today. Not maybe tomorrow, not maybe in the next five years, but today. Jesus could return today. Then he says in chapter 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord. Hey, hey, listen, you've got everything to rejoice about. You need to recognize what we have in Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Don't fuss with one another, first three verses, but rejoice in the Lord. Recognize what we have in Jesus Christ. And then he says, be thankful. Be thankful in Christ, Philippians 4, 5. Then be content in Christ, Philippians 4, 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state that I am therewith to be content. And then he says, let's rely upon Christ. Let's, let's rely upon Christ. You know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. He said in 4.13, he says, uh, depend upon him. Depend upon the Lord as I've depended upon the Lord. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The apostle Paul made a difference for Christ because he was sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a man that we could, yes, follow. Even as he said here, to follow him. He said, uh, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an examples. It is so important that we recognize what was accomplished because Paul went all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you mean? Well, you notice in Acts 17, 6, it was said of Paul and those early Christians that they turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Why? How? Because... Faith in Jesus dynamically changed him. It was a dynamic change. They, he had a new purpose, as they had a new purpose at the church at Philippi. They didn't have just a new religious experience. They had a new relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, Wayne. That made the difference, and that makes the difference in our lives. It's so sad. 
There's some Christians that aren't living with that difference. It's so sad. They think that the world can give them more than Jesus can give them. Oh, they've claimed Jesus as their Savior, but they're living in the world, not focusing on the Lord's return or the blessings that only God can give as we live for him. A relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who loved us, who gave his life for us, he had a perfect, perfect life, and yet he went to the cross of Calvary, took the curse of the cross for you and for me, and was resurrected after he shed his blood from the grave to give everyone that puts their trust in him victory over sin and victory over life. In general, we look at this wonderful testimony of the gospel and we can say as Christians and as Christian men, you know what? What do we need in 21st century Christianity? We need men that are living for the Lord Jesus Christ. I read something sad the other day. Let me see if I still have it in my book and Bible here. Here it is. Survey reveals decline in biblical worldview. The new cultural research center at Arizona Christian University under the leadership of veteran researcher George Barna. How many have ever heard of George Barna? Yes, many of us have. Recently released the first of what will be an annual report. Their survey, American Worldwide Inventory 2020, estimates how many adults hold to a biblical worldview. The new findings are disheartening according to AWVI, that is the American Worldwide Inventory. Only 6% of U.S. adults have a biblical worldview. Does that shock you, Tom? That is a way of thinking and behaving that is predominantly driven by the acceptance of biblical truths, precepts, and commands. Only 51% have a traditional view of God as opposed to 73%. Chris, in 1991, 1991, this changed. And, and, uh, and then he goes on, among other findings, the survey reported that 44% of a people who profess belief in Jesus also believe he sinned. Huh? Did Jesus sin? Thank you. No. If he had sinned, would that sacrifice have been any good? No. Then, 52% believe the Holy Spirit is only a symbol of God, not a living entity. 56% of adults believe in Satan as an influential spiritual being, which in comparison is more than the 51% who believe in the existence of God. Wow. Barna concluded, tens of millions of Americans consider themselves to be Christians, but do not believe that God is really in control or cares what happens to them. Survey reveals decline in biblical worldview. That's a sad commentary, people. That's a sad commentary. And that's why we need authentic, dedicated, consecrated, separated, 100% enthusiastic about serving God Christian men. We need men that will step up and say, I want to be used of God. I'm going to honor God with my life. I'm going to be real for my God. And I want to make an impact on this society before God calls me home. Men that people can follow. Men that people can emulate. Leaders that influence and impact for the cause of their guys. Oh, how we need it today. You say, I'm no leader. Yes, you are if you're married. You should be. When you said, I do, you became a leader. 
When your wife had children, your leadership and responsibility increased. Truth is, when you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you became a disciple of Christ, and you are now a leader for Jesus Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1, Follow me as I follow Christ. I am convinced from the Bible's emphasis and experientially that we need more leaders for Christ in our homes and in our workplaces and in our churches today. Men that will say, I want to serve God any way I can. Give me more responsibility so that I may use that responsibility for God and influence for God. The responsibility of being a Christian man is so much greater than going to church on Sunday. It's living for Jesus every day. Living for Jesus every day in the home. Living for Jesus every day at work. Living for Jesus every day in your community. Living for Jesus. You know what? Somebody has their eyes on you, sir. You're influencing somebody for either good or bad. You're influencing with your life. You may not think, oh, well, I don't want them looking at me. Well, they're looking at you. Some of you young men just recently married. Some of you young men been married for a few years. Jake back there. People are looking at you. Looking at the way you treat your wife and you treat your child. They're watching you. We are all being watched. Well, I know that better than anybody. I live in a glass house. Sometimes I think my showers even glass I get phone calls when I'm in the shower and Clint will hand me the phone while I'm in the shower turn the shower off soap still in the hair by the way I got a haircut this week felt so good to get a haircut felt so good hello what the manufacturer warranty of my car has been expired. <laughs> what, 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 would you just mind taking my name off of that list, please? Yeah, I, I don't want that. Okay, well, we, we warned you. Well, thank you. Let me get this soap on my eyes. Have a great day. We need leaders today, don't we? Huh? Don't we need leaders? And you know what your wife wants? You know what your wife would like? Your wife would like you to lead in your home. Your wife would love for you to open the Bible and share the word of God with your family. Your wife would love for you to sit down with your children and read a verse with them, share a verse with them, or say, hey, let's, let, let's go outside, boys, and, and let's spend some time in the word of God together. Yeah. It's important. People are watching. I was speaking at a camp in Denver, Colorado, four or five years ago. There were about 150 teenagers there. We had a great week at camp, and it was Friday, and they were all getting ready to go, and I was getting ready to go. Kathy was really getting ready to go. <laughs> it was a rustic camp. And, uh, and there were kids. I was outside, and there were kids that wanted me to sign their Bibles, and I always feel a little subconscious about signing the Bibles, but I signed the Bible, and and uh, then they'd want pictures with me. And so it was the day before social spacing, so they'd get right next to me, you know. And, and uh, there's one little guy, he, he said, can I talk to you, Alice? He said, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. He said, could I get my picture taken with you first? I said, sure. So we got our picture taken together, and, 
And after we got our picture taken together, he sat down on this big rock that was there, and I sat down on another rock, and he said, Pastor Jackson, thanks for coming and preaching. He said, man, that was just great. You know, Chris, he, he was just really, that was just great, you know. I could see in his eyes he was really thankful that I did come. He said, you remind me so much. And I thought he was going to say, you know, something like Charles Spurgeon Billy Graham, you know, he said, you remind me so much of my grandma. Thanks, Bob, for laughing so hard. She always read the Bible to me, and she's always telling us stories about Jesus, and, and she's always encouraging us to do right for God. And, and I, I just want to thank you, Pastor. You remind me of your grandma. At least he didn't say I look like her, but anyway. You know what? I remember that. Of all the other kids that were there, I remember that one young man. I remember his face and his eyes and how sincere he was. How about your life? Who is uh, following you? Who are you helping? to follow Christ. All of us can name at least one person in our lives, one leader who inspired us. Maybe it was uh, that Sunday school teacher who led you to Christ. Maybe it was that youth pastor, or that pastor, or that camp speaker. But more than ever, we need leaders in our churches and in our homes and our workplace so the testimony of Christ could make an impact on this world that we're living in and on the church that we're involved in. Three things that could help us have a greater impact for God. Number one, notice in verses 10 through 13, that I may know him, that I may know him. He was sold on this new life in Christ. We know he gives us a history of his old life. He said, though I might have confidence, verse number four, he says, though I might have confidence in the flesh, I, if any other man thinketh he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and to count them but dung, the lowest form of dirt, that I may win Christ. Yes. Yes, he looked at his old life, and he compared it with his new life. He's got this new position, this position in Christ he has this new prosperity in God. My God shall supply all my needs. He tells us I'm content. I am so thrilled with this new life in Christ. Jesus Christ has made a difference in my life. He had a great new view of God. He was a religious man before, remember, look at it. But now he had a different view of God. Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Go ahead, turn there. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. To stop you from daydreaming. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 9. 
you want to dream a little bit, think about uh, these verses and the new high priest that you have in Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 9, the Bible says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, Hebrews 12, 2, the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me ask you. Everyone look up this way. How's your view of God today? How is your view of God? Can you picture Jesus in his heavenly glory? Take your Bibles and turn back to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 16. Look at it with me, would you please? Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Yeah. Remember Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 6. The great biblical illustration of Isaiah. As we think about how God told Isaiah to get his eyes off the king Uzziah who had just died and get his eyes on him, on God, the living God. Getting a proper view of God radically changed Isaiah and can radically, radically change us. If you have the right view of God, it fills your heart. Changes your life. Keeps you on track. It clarifies purpose and gives you greater passion for God. Yeah. But do we see him? So often... In this 21st century Christianity, we just read Barsha's new polls. There's a very weak view of God. To look through so many other things before we can see God, before God is put in his rightful place. That's so sad. God lifted Isaiah's eyes from the earthly throne to the heavenly throne. Are your eyes lifted to the heavenly throne today? Or are you still looking at the trophies and the thrones of this world? We're going to have unsettled times, even as Isaiah had unsettled times, as we're in unsettled times. But as we have those unsettled times, we put our eyes on God, and God settles it. He settles us. It gives us a peace that passes all understanding. There's a calmness that we can get only through Jesus. Let me ask you, do you need a better view of God today? And if I were to walk back there in the back row and see Kip and Grace, and so nice to see you. If I were to go back there and see you, I mean, you're seeing me now. But how about if I preach the rest of the message right in front of you too? Would it make a little difference? Probably. What are you getting at, Pastor? I'm getting at it. When we have a view of God, it makes a difference. When God is right there, remember in, in 
We looked at it last week in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And seek my face. Not his powerful hands, but seek my face. God wants us to see him in our lives. God wants us to recognize that he's a part of our lives. You know, why do Christians get so frustrated in life? Because they take their eyes off of God. When you take your eyes off of God, you become frustrated with life. So why aren't we in the word of God? Why isn't our devotion what it should be? Well, it's because we just don't have time. Our schedules are so full. We don't have time to get in the word of God, and that causes us not to have a devoted Christian life. We need to be in the word of God. Daily devotions are so important. If you believe that, say amen. amen. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Does the, does the devil ever take a day off or a vacation? No way. Does he, Daniel? He doesn't do that, Daniel, does he? He's always there fighting you. It takes time. Have you taken time this past week, sir? Your testimony will not be what it should be. You'll not have an inspiring, impacting testimony if you're not in the Word of God. I don't care what kind of personality you have. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many abilities God has given you. You've got to be in the Word of God. And the Word of God will give you that authenticity that you only get because you're in God's Word. Daily devotions are important. Does the devil ever take a vacation? Devotion, it takes thought. Our thoughts aren't on God. Renewing of the mind is put aside. We are what we think. We have between five and 10,000 thoughts a day. 2 Corinthians 10 and verses 4 and 5 tells us that's where the war is. It's in our thought life. So we've got to be in the word of God so the word of God can direct our thinking. Does that make sense? Should is Bible. It takes truth. Truth is discarded for convenience. You know what happens? A lot of Christians start living on history instead of on the freshness of the Word of God. Oh, yeah, I read that 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe God. How about you? Acts 27, 25. Now, how is your view of God? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Let me say it again. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Trusteth. There's not even any musical notes there. Trusteth. When Joshua took over for Moses, he went to God. God said, if you want success... If you want success, trust in me. Trust in the word of God. Take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua chapter 1. And verse number 8. Joshua 1, 8.
The Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. But we look for every other way in the world to find prosperity than in God's word, and you're not going to find it. We need men that are recognizing the fact that I need to be devoted to God and I need to be devoted to his word and that devotion is only built upon uh, the fact that I'm in the word of God and I'm on my knees and I'm facing and looking for the face of God. But then there's also determination. Take your Bibles and turn back to Philippians chapter 4 or 3, 3, verse 14. Look at this. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. All right, some say, you know, Paul, what are you doing? You're relying upon your own strength. No, he is getting involved in an activity. He is going forward. There's action there. I'm pushing. I'm prodding with everything that's within me. I am motivated by the fact that I am part of the, of the, of the family of God. I'm part of this program that God has put me in, this new Christianity. Seems like men today put energy and enthusiasm into everything but their relationship with Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. You see that therefore, the reason. Jesus and what is accomplished for us. But thanks be to God for who which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, what he accomplished, Paul points back to that significant cause, the, the love of Christ. And that's that, that he was sacrificed and surrendered himself to the cross so that we could have this new life. So keep on keeping on. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Oh, men, we're, we're terrible with, with remembering special things. This last Friday, I did remember. It was my 49th wedding anniversary. And I remembered. That was good. It's always good to remember your wedding anniversary. How many of you agree with me there? Amen? Amen. Yeah. Always good. But we do forget. And that's why we need to remember. Apostle Paul even told young Timothy... Uh, who was young, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Was he just giving him a historical uh, fact? No, he wanted him to continue to remember. This is a continual thing. Keep on remembering what Jesus has done for you. The determination, how determined are you to have the kind of Christianity that's to the praise of his glory, Jeremy? But then there's the third point. The direction. Verses 20 and 21. For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself, arranging ranks all things unto himself. Paul was pointing heavenward. Some of the Judaizers who were going at some of those new church works uh, 
they were living in the past tense, trying to get the Philippian believers to go back to Moses and the law. But Paul is addressing them when he gave his testimony about how he was like that and how you leave that and you go forward. No, we're, we're not bound by the past. Now we are looking forward to the future. Jesus, our Savior. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions that were not so I would have told you. I go to prepare a mansion for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will uh, come again and receive unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus made an impact on the Apostle Paul's life. Has Jesus made an impact on your life? Has he made an impact on your life? Has God's very own begotten son made an impact on your life? Jesus made an impact on my life. I can say with the apostle, Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of that worketh in us. Is that one of your favorite verses, honey? Yeah, my wife, this is so funny. I don't think I've ever shared this with you. My wife was signing her book. She has a book. And, and um, Brenda, matter of fact, I'll get you one right afterwards. And I'll get you one there too, Natalie. But she was signing her book uh, at a, a ladies' retreat that she was pre speaking at. And uh, she was talking and and helping ladies and, and writing in the books. And, and all of a sudden, she had a, a mind block. You ever have a mind block? Yeah. What is my favorite verse? So she wrote Ephesians 2.20. 4.20? Oh, yeah, 4.20. Let's go back and see what she wrote in that dear lady's book. But ye have not so learned Christ. <laughs> that lady's listening today. Send that book back. We'll have a new one sent to you as quick as possible. I could just see that lady getting in the car going, what did I say to her? How many remember the, uh, the rich man from uh, Luke 12? Take your Bibles and turn there. Luke 12. 16 through 21. Luke 12. Let's read it. Luke 12, 16 through 21. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This is will I do. I, I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will be there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. How is this rich man remembered? You say, what, what do you mean? Well, for 2,000 years, he's been the rich fool. 
not the rich man. God said, thou fool. That's his legacy. Why? Because he looked at only this world to build a legacy. And that's not the way you build a legacy. You build a legacy with God. And that lasts for eternity, people. Men, all of us are building a legacy by the way we live our lives. And at some point, you'll come to this point. If you've not already come to it, and I pray you have, but you'll come to your your senses and you'll say, what am I doing? How am I influencing for God? How do I impact people to, to, to live for Jesus? What am I going to be remembered for? What am I going to be known for? What do you want your children and your grandchildren to put down as your legacy? Well, what will it read? Well, he was a CEO. He made lots of money. He was a hard worker. That's a good one. He paid off his mortgage. He retired early. He was a great fisherman. He was a great golfer. He was a great hunter. Yeah, that's going to hold a lot of weight in heaven, isn't it? Let me tell you what my dad's legacy was. It's found in every Bible he gave me. Every Bible he gave me and every Bible he gave his other five children. Here's one of them right here. Douglas, Philippians 121. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. May 31st, 1972. Happy birthday, son. Mom and dad. Then I went to the back of the Bible and there it is. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. Yep. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Thanks for living for Jesus. How are you inspiring people? How are you impacting people? For Jesus, we need leaders, men. We need leaders for God today. How much more do you have to see in this world to recognize we've got to be in the last days if Paul was in perilous times? What are our times? Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of it. And I thank you, Father, for the truth that we've seen today. Dear God, I pray for men today. If men would stand up and say, yes, I want to honor God. I'm going to, I'm going to change some things in my life. I'm going to tweak some things in my life. I'm going to do some different things in my life that I might have a greater testimony first in my home and then at the workplace and then in my church. For my God, I want to stand as a leader for God. I want God to use my testimony with the years I have left 
or the days I have left. I want God to use me. And on this Father's Day 2020, I'm going to make a decision to start living the kind of life that God wants me to live. For some, that may mean just confessing some sin you've been hanging on to. For others, it may mean you need to start getting into the Word of God, having greater devotional time. For others, it may be that you need to have more determination. You need to get involved more in the wonderful cause of Christ, the, the opportunities God has given you to be an inspiration for Him so that you can point others to Jesus. How many can save the uplifted hand, Pastor Jackson? I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. If I were to die today, I know I'd go to heaven, no doubt about it. I'm saved on my way to heaven. I, I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is my Savior. If you could say that, would you slip your hand up in the quietness of the moment while heads are bowed and eyes are closed? God bless you all over the building. You'd say, you know, Pastor, I could not raise my hand. Or maybe you're at home and you say, I could not raise my hand, but I need Jesus. Contact us. We'll be glad to show you. The Bible tells us, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friend, Jesus, God loves you. You'd say, Pastor, remember me in prayer. I need Christ. Anyone like that here today? Pray for me. I need Christ. Say, you know, Pastor, I've been living for the Lord, but this last week, of all the times you have to preach a message like that, this last week, Pastor, I was doing so well before COVID-19 hit. And my life's just been up an upheaval. But you know the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart tonight or today. And you know as well as you're sitting there, the Holy Spirit is saying, we need you. We need you to start living the way you know you need to live for Jesus Christ. And men... We need you to stand for God. You say, the word of God spoke to my heart today, Pastor. There's some things in my life I need to change. And by God's grace, I'm going to do it. If you would stand to your feet, if God has spoken to your heart today with, from his word, if you'll stand to your feet, say, I need to make a greater impact for God, God, use me. Stand to your feet right now in the quietness of this moment. God, help me. God, help me and use me. Our Heavenly Father, you see these men, you know their hearts. Dear God, we are so thankful. The Spirit of God still works in our hearts. And I pray you'd be with each of these men. Dear God, I pray you'd help them as they stand for you in these dark days that need so much light. In Jesus' name, amen. Men, you may be seated. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this service. Continue to use your word to the praise of your glory. Dear God, we come to you. No, it's you. It's your word, dear God, that not, we will not return void. It's your word that can do a work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.